We are now finding out all the teams that are going to be in the Sweet 16. Another Locked On Bracket Breakdown. Number six seed, Creighton, upsetting the number three seed in Baylor. I'm Kainani Stevens. We're joined by our Locked On Baylor host, Drake Toll, who was on this. He was very, very honest, and you said it was going to be a hard road for them against Creighton just because of that matchup, and it really was tough for them out there today. Yeah, Kainani, I think this is a a region where Baylor had a great shot at going to a Final Four or an Elite Eight, but the one team that I thought would be the worst matchup for Baylor was Creighton. Seven foot one in the middle, Cockburner was really good tonight and gave Baylor fits enough to where the Bears lost and Creighton shot the ball so well. This was a defensive performance that probably keeps Baylor in the game. The offense just wasn't there. And Creighton, when they needed big shots, they hit them. It just one after another. There was no opportunity to get back into this game. And there was the sliver of hope in the end. And then a couple of offensive fouls that go the other way. Just it's a game you hate to see as a fan. And you hate for your season to end on on one like this. Just a hard fought, dirty battle. But it's exactly what you got. And I expected nothing less from the Blue Jays really was a rock fight. Creighton defense can do that to you. But as you mentioned, they shot really well from three, which isn't necessarily yeah. always how they play necessarily. Right. So was that a bit out of character? Was that kind of like, oh, we should be concerned at this point? Yeah, I, I was not ready for Creighton to shoot 46% from three. I, I was not expecting their offense to light it up quite like they did against NC State. I felt like their offense was one that Baylor could hold enough to stay in the game. I said pregame, you know, Baylor scores 70 points. They've got a legitimate shot, and they scored 76 and still lost by nine. Uh, they just allowed Creighton open looks a lot. And when Creighton got those open looks, they didn't miss. I, I want to go back, and I know it's a little odd to do, but the Fairleigh Dickinson-Purdue game. Fairleigh mm -hmm. Dickinson said, Purdue, shoot the open three ball. We're going to guard the guys inside. If you make it, you win. And obviously, Purdue didn't make them. Baylor said, Creighton, shoot the open three ball. If you make it, you win. And Creighton did exactly that at 46%. And what's worse, Baylor, the second best offensive team in America, mm -hmm. shoots 20 2.7% from three. If you're going to win a game when your offense is your bell cow, when your offense is your catalyst, you cannot shoot that terribly from deep. The Bears could not get one to fall on a prayer. And that, that was the downfall. I mean, if Baylor, Baylor, who goes five for 22 from three, if they shoot their normal, you know, nine for 22, they're right in the thick of this game. But Shots wouldn't go. They weren't getting great looks either. And in the end, Baylor losing this game by nine. I, I was shocked how it happened in that Creighton did shoot so well from deep. At this time of year, a lot of it is matchups. You have to get a little luck mm -hmm. on your side. Is the officiating something that fans should have been overly concerned about, or is that just the latest part of many issues they had today? Yeah, Kanani, at, at my last count, I think it was seven offensive fouls. What you what happens in March is you get out of these typical crews. The Big 12 has their rotation of, you know, 40-some-odd officials that you see pretty much every night. You know them. You know how they call the game. You get into March, and it's kind of a toss-up. So these guys were very picky about offensive fouls and moving screens, and Baylor's just a team that – brings their, their big men out to screen a ton, and any little semblance of movement was coming the other way. It didn't feel like 
defensively, Baylor got charged with too much that they weren't guilty of, but offensively, it was the little chippy stuff. And Scott Drew was really vocal about that. Uh, a few people had tweeted out that in timeouts and and any any breaks in the game, he was in the officials' ear at least asking questions and inquiring about offensive fouls. And that's where the Bears, it's seven of those. It's really, you're really struggling. So the adjustment wasn't made. Young Josh Ojinwuna and Flo Thamba, who, uh, who, and Flo Thamba and, and even Jonathan Chamochachua, who were coming out for those screens, got buzzed a lot. And, and there was never the, the defining moment of, okay, let's stop doing that. They just kept going back to it. There's a moment where Baylor's down by nine, 79 to 70. They hit a three pointer to come within six. And it's waved off for an offensive foul. That could have been a huge game-changing play, but Kanani instead, the offensive fouls were right there. I know a lot of Baylor fans are going to ask questions. I'm going to ask questions, but I, th- I don't think it's bad officiating. It's just that this game was officiated differently than the Bears are used to. Going forward, I'm sure you'll go over more of this in depth on your show, but mm-hmm. looking for this program, when you win a national championship, it's always hard the immediate year or two. Yeah. So where's obviously this program's a three seed. They're not bad by any means, but to kind of try to put together another crazy run like that, where do you see the future of the program even just next season? I, I love that you asked that question. And it's something I tweeted with about a minute and a half to go in this game. And it's that Baylor's got to get away from the one and done culture. They have started to embrace that and bring in more of these top five, top 15 prospects that are not program builders, but NBA ready talent. If you want to sustain national championship caliber teams, those aren't the guys you want on your roster. I know it's kind of weird to say that you want talent that's not at the top of its class, but to win in college basketball, that's what these teams are doing Kansas is not a one and done culture Baylor who won a title Virginia who won a title that's not what these teams are built off of uh and I also love that you mentioned at national championship a couple of years removed look at Virginia they lost to Furman and missed the tournament last year look at Kansas they lost to Arkansas this weekend and they'll be out before the sweet 16 it's really tough to win a national championship and be at the top of the class even the next couple of years after because and Kanani, it's so odd, but because your recruiting classes become one and done heavy when you're when you're promoting your program at such a high level, that's what's happening to Baylor right now. They're getting guys like Keontae George and Kendall Brown that come in. They are NBA ready, but it's a very it's a more individual style of basketball, and you've seen that from both of those guys who are now NBA prospects. If Baylor wants to get back to a national championship level, they've got to go to 2021, where all five of your starters have three years of experience. And that's the way it is these days, especially with the transfer portal. You see people switching around a lot. So obviously a lot for them to work on in the offseason. And Drake, I'm sure you will go over all of this on Locked On Baylor. We have all of these uh, bracket breakdowns for you here on Locked On College Basketball. And all of this is a part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.